just reverence the Lord for a few more moments here before we change the order of the service. Just lift your hands and just bless the Lord. Thank Him for His goodness today. Thank Him for His goodness in your life today. God is good, and He does good. God is good, and all He does is good. Hallelujah. We bless you, Father. We thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and say this. It's not the place where I intended to say it. But the Lord wanted me to let you know that 2018 is a turning point year. A turning point year. God's in the business of turning things around. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them God's about to turn some things around for you. Tell somebody else, expect it. And how do we expect it? We get up every morning praising him for it. Hallelujah. Go to bed every night praising him for it. Throughout the day, talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about what you're expecting God to do. Come on, say again. This is my year year. for a turnaround. turnaround. And give God some praise in advance for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we bless you this morning. We worship you. We thank you in advance for the turnarounds that we're about to experience. We're so grateful that you are faithful. You're always faithful. And no matter what it has looked like up to now, we know our God has been working behind the scenes. And victory is ahead. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord your best shout. Give the Lord your best shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'd like to welcome everyone here this morning, all of you that are watching by way of live stream and also watching our television broadcast. Praise God. We certainly appreciate you being involved in the service this morning. And we're praying that Jesus is going to show himself alive. He's going to do something you're going to like. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's welcome everybody, not only here in the service, but people that are watching all over the world. Uh, We're recording for television. And this program is seen in over 200 nations around the world. So praise God. We're touching lives, not only right here in Crowley, Texas, but all over the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake hands with somebody, give them a high five, give them a hug or do something and tell them you're glad they're here. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Well, this is my first service back at Heritage of Faith Christian Center for the new year. So 
Happy New Year, everybody. Amen. I'm so sorry that you guys weren't with me in Hawaii. No, I'm really not. I'm glad you weren't there. (laughs) No, uh, Carol and I enjoyed our vacation time and started off our new year preaching in Honolulu. That's a a joy, man, to be able to preach in Honolulu every year, your first service, praise God, for the year. Amen. We had a great service there and was out at Brother Copeland's conference this week, past week, and uh, man, things are already starting off really good. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. I want you to open your Bibles this morning to Psalm 20, Psalm 20, and also uh, we're going to be reading particularly from Psalm 21, but I want to make some statements regarding Psalm 20. Psalm 20 is the story of David and his army going to war. And God's people are praying for them. And you can read this uh, from verses 1 through 9 in Psalm 20. But then in Psalm 21, it's David telling the story of how God gave them a great victory and how good God was to them. And I believe this is prophetic for us today. As I said a few moments ago, this is going to be a turnaround year. Amen. It's going to be a turnaround year, praise God. Some things you've been going through that look like they'd never change. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on His Word. God's in the business of turning things around. Amen. Amen. Everybody do this. God's about to turn some things around. Amen. God turned it around for David and his men. And uh, throughout the Bible, you can see that this is a, a vital part of his character. That he's the God of the turnaround. He's the God of the breakthrough. Most of the body of Christ has been going through a lot of battles, a lot of adversity. In 2017, many of you that are still uh, believing God for turnarounds and battles that you went through last year, Still believing for the victory this year. Well, I want to encourage you, don't give up. Amen. Amen. Don't give up. Satan is trying to get you to lay down your weapons and quit. But quit is not in your nature. Quit is not an option, praise God. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I will never quit. I will never give up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is on your side. Amen. And he is not going to let you fail. But you must stay in faith. Stay in faith. Giving up on God is not an option. He will come through for you. Can you say amen? God wants to use this story in Psalm 20 and Psalm 21 as a source of inspiration for you this morning. Amen. Inspire your faith. Once again, don't give up. Victory is on its way. In Psalm 21 and verse 12, I'll just drop down to that verse real quick. It says, therefore shalt thou make them, and in our case, it's Satan and his cohorts, turn their backs. This speaks of divine justice. God is about to serve divine justice. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm about to have some divine justice. justice. 
And that means, that means that he will not only stop the attacks of the adversary, but he's going to make him pay back everything he took from you. Praise God. Amen. That's divine justice. Amen. The message translation says, you will send them packing. Hallelujah. Amen. God is going to give you something to shout about. I said, God is going to give you something to shout about. And I don't know why you're even waiting. Go ahead and shout in advance. Hallelujah. That's one of the greatest expressions of faith is to praise God in advance before you ever see it happening. Can you say amen? So once again, this Psalm is one in which David, Psalm 21, is giving thanks for the success that God had just blessed him with. He's speaking in his own behalf and professing the joy that he has found in God's strength. And he's also encouraging others to do the same. He's saying that God actually had surprised him with great favor and had truly blessed him beyond his expectations. And as I read this psalm uh, over the last several weeks, uh, I keep sensing in my spirit that God is going to do some things that are beyond your expectations. He's good at that. He's the God that does exceeding abundant above all that we can ask or think. Can you say amen? I like the Amplified there in that verse, Ephesians 3, uh, 20, that he will do uh, above and beyond what you dare ask or think or imagine or even dream. Hallelujah. God's going to do it better than that. Can you say amen? amen? So David is actually praising God for things that happened during this battle that were beyond David's expectations. God had surprised him with great favor. And he attributes all of this to the goodness of God. One of the meanings here of the word, you'll notice in uh, verse 3, for thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. One of the meanings of of the word prevent is that blessings of goodness not only preceded him, they were waiting for him, but they also came sooner and proved richer than he imagined. Hallelujah. Blessings are waiting for you. The blessing of goodness. I like that. The blessing of goodness is waiting on the other side of your adversity. Amen. That's the reason you should never give up. That, that should be motivating to you. I mean, what, what benefit is there to giving up? Does that change anything? Does that make circumstances better? Does that make opposition uh, uh, to your faith just disappear? So what good is it to give up? Giving up is to forfeit the blessing of goodness. And I'm not going to do that. Amen. So on the other side of every adversity, there's the blessing of goodness waiting for you. That's what the word prevents means. It precedes you. It's already waiting for you. You may not can see it. There may not be any natural evidence of it, but it's God's word. And that's final authority. So God is telling us that he has already gone before us and he has made a way where there seemed to be no way. 
And on the other side of your adversity, there is a blessing of goodness. Hallelujah. Something good is going to happen to you. Hallelujah. I learned that from Oral Roberts many years ago. Amen. Tell your neighbor, something good is going to happen to you. Tell somebody else, something good is going to happen to you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And once again, that word prevent not, not only means uh, precede, but it also implies that the blessing came sooner and proved richer than what he could imagine. Praise God. Amen. Now, I'm willing to stand. I've proven that for the last 49 years. I am willing to stand. And having done all to stand, I'm willing to stand some more. And it looks like nothing's happening. I'm just going to keep standing. And when it looks like it's getting worse, well, then I'll just decide to keep standing. And when everybody thinks I'm foolish, well, I'll just double up and start standing more. Hallelujah. Amen. My name is Jerry. Having done all to stand, stand Savelle. Amen. But at the same time, I hear the Spirit of God saying, get ready for some things to happen sooner. Amen. How many of you'd like for some suddenlies to occur in your life? Hallelujah. Amen. So I want to talk to you this morning about being surrounded by the goodness of God. Surrounded by the goodness of God. I want to encourage you to begin to expect blessings to come sooner this year than you've ever experienced before. God wants you to know in a greater way the thrill of victory. Remember the wide world of sports? Remember their introduction when they got ready, when it came on television? And it showed this guy, you know, I mean, man, he was skiing, I believe it was. And he had this terrible collision and end over end and the agony of defeat and the thrill of victory. You know, God doesn't want you to know the agony of defeat. He wants you to know the thrill of victory. And you say, amen. So begin to expect victory to become or to come sooner than it's ever happened before. Even the most impossible situations you've ever encountered. Don't expect them to last forever. Begin to expect God to do things sooner than you've ever experienced before. And once again, he wants you to know the thrill of victory. He wants to do things in your life this year that are beyond what you can ask or think. Amen. He wants to reward your faithfulness. Can you say amen? All right, did you find Psalm 21 yet? Let's begin reading. The king, now David's speaking uh, in his own behalf here. He says, the king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Thou hast given him his heart's desire. Underline that phrase. God wants to give you your heart's desire. This is not just about David. This is prophetic for you and me. He's given him his heart's desire and has not withholden the request of his lips, Selah. In other words, stop and think about this, that God is such a good God that he not only wants to supply your need, meet your need, 
but he wants to give you your heart's desire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants to give you his, your heart's desire and he will not withhold any good thing from you. That's talking about the goodness of God. And then it says, for thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest the crown of gold upon his head. He asked life of thee and thou gave it him. Even length of days forever and ever. If you're struggling with life today, if you're struggling with some kind of disease, some kind of sickness, uh, something that the doctors have said it's not likely to be cured of, then here's some hope. Here's some inspiration. David, uh, David said, I ask you for life and you gave it to me. Not only that length of days, hallelujah. I can testify to that. You know, I mean, in the natural, uh, I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. You remember last year I had a stroke. Lost total use of my right arm, partial use of my right leg, and total memory loss. Didn't even know my family. Didn't know uh, one scripture. Didn't know one sermon I preached. And in a matter of just a few days, I was totally, totally healed. Hallelujah. And God has added length of days. Praise God. Amen. You know, when they tell you you'll never preach again, Never be the same again? Do I look like I'm not preaching again? Do I look like I'm not the same again? Well, the same part is true because I'm better. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. I got more energy now and I just turned 71 than I had when I was 41. Praise God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm a living testimony. That you can ask God for life and he'll give it to you. I've, I've, I've experienced uh, watching a lot of stroke victims just since God healed me of that stroke. Carol and I saw people in Hawaii that were victims of strokes. And if it hadn't been for the grace of God, that would have been me. If it hadn't been for God's faithfulness. I would have been in that condition. And I think it's really uh, important to me. Uh, I don't know how important it is to you, but important to me that most of my relatives on my mother's side died of strokes. Hallelujah. I have beat the odds. Amen. The curse has been broken. Praise God. Amen. So David says here, you, he asked for life. God gave it to him, and even length of days forever and ever. Uh, another translation says, long, you gave me life and long life as a bonus. Praise God. Amen. Verse 5. His glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him, for thou hast made him most blessed. Everybody say, most blessed. <clears throat> Blessed is wonderful, but I think most blessed might be at a higher level. You've made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance or thy presence. Now, I want to read this from some of these verses from the message translation. 
Uh, it says you gave him exactly what he wanted and you didn't hold back. Why is that? Because God is good. And what he does is good. Psalm 119 verse 68 says, Thou art good and doest good. Amen. God is good. And what he does is good. I preached a message down in Miami a couple of years ago. And I know it's not good English, but everybody down there understood it. And I know you'll understand it. If it ain't God, it ain't good. (laughs) Amen. If it ain't good, it ain't God. Amen. Amen. If it ain't good, then it's not God. So things that are happening in your life that are not good, God's not behind it. If something good is happening, attribute that to God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. So one of God's greatest desires is to bring joy and happiness to our lives. And then for us to declare his goodness to our generation so that others will know that the God we serve is a good God. You'd be surprised at the amount of people, even in the body of Christ, that don't know that yet. You know, I hear Christian people uh, talking all the time about God made them sick. God wrecked their car. God took their child. God did this. God did that. If it's not good, it's not God. Bible says in 119, Psalm 119, 68, once again, thou art good and you do good. So uh, make sure that you attribute everything good in your life to God. If something bad in your life, then don't mention God in the same breath. Amen. The Bible says that God is the author of every good and perfect gift. James chapter 1 verse 17. Psalm 84 11 says, the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. No good thing does he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And then the message translation goes here again and says, he wanted a good life. David wanted a good life. You gave it to him and made it a long life as a bonus. That's the message translation. So God wants you to have a good life. In uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, the Amplified Version says, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Notice God's already prearranged and made ready the good life. The good life is waiting for you. Can you say amen? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm supposed to be living the good life. life. That doesn't sound like me just existing. I'm not just to exist. I tried that a long time ago. I didn't like it. I got saved. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. And ever since I've been saved, hallelujah, I've been living the good life. The good life. Amen. People want to be like me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I get letters all the time about uh, what I preached in some city and, and people talking about they want God to do the same thing in their lives that he's done for me. Amen. 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 When's the last time, and I've told you this before, when's the last time you had a, a Christian rock singer 
write a song about you. Hip hop. I never cared for hip hop before, but I'm kind of liking it now. Because it's got my name in it, hallelujah. He said, I want a favor like Jerry Savelle. Amen. I'm getting the moves down better too, praise God. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Stuart? <laughs> You're just honorary. I got it. <laughs> Amen. That's no, that's not for anybody else to know anything about. So God has already prearranged the good life, already waiting for us. Hallelujah. Then it goes on to say, you pile blessings on him. You made him glad. Well, I guess so. When you have blessings piled upon you, wouldn't you be glad? Hallelujah. Amen. And then it says, is it any wonder that the king, David speaking about himself, is it any wonder that the king loves God. Amen. Amen. Why wouldn't a person love God when God's doing all this in your life? And God's no respecter of persons. He wants to do this for every person in this room and every person who's watching this broadcast. Praise God. He's a good God. Psalm 68 verse 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation And once again, at the end of that psalm is the word selah, which simply means stop and think about this. God wants to daily load you with benefits, blessings, hallelujah. Get up every day expecting God to bless you in some way. And it doesn't have to be just, you know, big things, just the little things. You know, uh, I remember, how many of you remember Raymond Shores? Raymond and Mary were members here for many, many years. They're both in heaven now, but I've known Raymond and Mary since 1970, about 74, I think, 75. They were the first uh, African-American people who ever came to our church here in Fort Worth when we had uh, Overcoming Faith Center. And uh, when they came, uh, I just fell in love with them. And... uh, Eventually, uh, what is that noise? Okay. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I thought I was getting a call from heaven. Praise God. Not that they need me up there yet, but uh, amen. And, and Raymond and Mary uh, were just such sweet people. And Raymond eventually came to work with me and, and uh, traveled with me all over the country. And I remember uh, when I'd come in here for a service, I'd usually see Raymond. You know, he was an usher and he assisted in ministry of helps and so forth. And I'd hunt Raymond down, you know, and, and uh, I'd motion for him to come over and see me. He'd come over there and say, how you doing, Raymond? He said, I woke up again this morning, Brother Jerry. (laughs) Said, I'm living up on that mountain and everything's all right. Hallelujah. I woke up again this morning. 
Well, that's one thing to praise God about. That's a benefit. Amen. Amen. That is a benefit. How many of you woke up this morning? How many of you still believing to wake up? So there's a, there's a starting point. You woke up again this morning. Praise God. If you've never been faced with the threat of not waking up some morning, then you'll appreciate waking up every morning. And you say amen. So notice that he says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. In other words, get up every morning expecting a blessing, a benefit to manifest in your life. And no matter how small or seemingly insignificant it might be, praise God anyway for it. Hallelujah. Just praise God for it. You know, we were flying out to California uh, last week, and I was preaching out in uh, Delano, California. And uh, flying out there, uh, when we were on final approach, the, the whole valley was just socked in, the weather. And it was only a 200-foot ceiling. And uh, that's, that's pretty dangerous, landing an airplane with a 200-foot ceiling. And uh, so uh, we just made a flyby, and we wound up having to land over in Santa Barbara, went ahead and refueled. And by the time we got through refueling and we took off again, then uh, the weather was still there, but uh, the, the ceiling was now 900 feet. That's 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 good landing. You know, you can land safely in that. But it was just solid fog over that whole valley. I mean, as far as you could see, that whole valley was just socked in. But the Lord lifted it for us so that we could get there and preach that sermon, praise God. Amen. Landed safely, no problem, praise God. You don't consider that a benefit? You don't consider that a blessing? I do. Amen. It's like, uh, uh, you know, Jesse, Brother Jesse said one time when he got his first airplane, he told Brother Copeland, he said, Brother Copeland, I've been setting up in the cockpit now with my pilot. He said, you know, I believe if we had an emergency, I could almost land that plane. <laughs> and he was feeling real good about that. And Brother Copeland said, Jesse, do you know what almost landing a plane is? <laughs> That's a crash. <laughs> Jesse's lips begin to quiver, you know, and <laughs> you don't want to almost land a plane. You want to land the plane. <clears throat> you know, anytime you're flying and you get back on the ground again, that's a benefit. That's a blessing. Praise God. Amen. If you make it from your house to work without an accident, that's a blessing. That's a benefit. Praise God. Some people don't. Some people don't make it back home. But if you do, and you tell me you don't have anything to praise God about, you made it back home. Hallelujah. That's a benefit. That's a blessing. Some people are just not, uh, you know, uh, looking deep enough. But notice he blesses us daily with benefits. Praise God. Amen. You leave here this afternoon after the service and uh, get ready to go to lunch. You have to stand in a line for an hour and a half. That's a benefit. (laughs) That's a blessing, praise God. And if they bring you back exactly what you ordered, that's a blessing. That's a benefit. And if it's good, that's another benefit. 
Amen. And if somebody buys it for you, that's another benefit. Man, look at all the benefits you're getting and, and not even stopping to praise God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? God daily loads us with benefits. Amen. So once again, let's look at Psalm 21 and the verse that says in verse 3, For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. I want you to start thinking in terms of God's goodness is a blessing. God's goodness is a blessing. Amen. So prevent here, we've already said, means to precede. So David is telling us that the goodness of God goes before him and precedes him wherever he goes, whatever he does. Amen. Just waiting to manifest. Now, think that way when you're going through adversity. Most people just focus on the adversity. They just focus on what they're going through right at the moment. They don't see beyond that. But doesn't the Bible teach us when we live by faith that we're not moved by what we see? We walk by faith and not by sight. So that means you've got to look beyond the circumstance. You've got to look beyond the adversity. And if you look beyond that, the Bible is telling us here that God has already prearranged a blessing of goodness that is just waiting for you. Amen. Amen. Carol and I experience this just almost every day. In some way, the blessing of goodness. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I expect it everywhere I go. Yes, sir. And I don't carry a sign around, I'm a preacher. Would you like to bless me? <laughs> I just expect it because the Bible tells me to. It's, it's part of my covenant right to expect good things from God every day in my life. Now, that's not to say some bad things don't happen. From time to time, they do. Challenges come to me just like they do to you. But I'm not going to focus on the challenge. I'm not going to focus on the adversity. I'm going to look beyond that and say, God, I don't know how long it's going to take for this to change. But I got my eyes on you and not on this. And I know beyond this. There is a blessing of goodness. Something good is going to happen to me on the other side of this. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. I want to challenge you to begin to expect that this year. Perhaps more so than you ever have before. Amen. Psalm 27. Turn there with me for a moment. And look at verse 13 and 14. I had fainted, or I would have fainted, unless, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Notice he said, I would have fainted. 
There's absolutely no question about it. I would have fainted. I would have become weary. I would have given up if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord on the other side of this adversity. Amen. If you don't believe that you're going to see the goodness of God on the other side of this adversity, you will faint. You will grow weary. You will give up. You will do the very opposite of what he said in verse 14. Wait on God. You won't be willing to wait. But if you believe, based on what we see in the Word of God, not just on what Brother Jerry's saying or Brother Justin's saying or any other brother's saying, but based on what the Word of God says, that the goodness of the Lord is waiting for you. David said it. Thou preventest me with the blessings of goodness. In other words, they're already preceding me. They're waiting for me. What do you suppose you forfeit when you give up? What do you suppose you could have had if you stood your ground? Isn't that motivating to you? That's that's one of the primary reasons why I am not going to quit. I don't want to miss out on anything good. Hallelujah. And I know something good is waiting for me. But I got to make up my mind that fainting and growing weary and giving up is not an option. Amen. Can you say amen? So he said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So that tells me that if I make the decision, you know, a lot of times I like to say it out loud. I can do it in my heart. A lot of times I, I want the Lord to know. He knows the thoughts of my heart, the intent of my heart. But, but a lot of times I just, I just want to say it where he can hear it. Lord, I am not giving up. I am not growing weary. I am not fainting. And the Bible says that if I'm willing to wait on him, then he will strengthen me. Amen. That means that he will energize me so that I can continue to stand. So that I won't grow weary. So that I won't faint. Amen. So determining that you're going to wait on the Lord. No matter how long it takes. But here again, I believe God is accelerating things. There's some things going to come to pass in your life that look like they'd never come to pass last year. But God is going to cause them to come to pass sooner than you thought this year. Hallelujah. Amen. So wouldn't you be willing to wait? Look at somebody and say, I'm waiting. I don't know what you plan to do, but I'm waiting. I don't want to miss out on anything good. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Amen. So don't ever give up. The goodness of God is just on the other side of every adversity. Amen. And always remember this. It is not God withholding you. It is not God keeping you from experiencing it. It's your adversary, the devil. But if you stay in faith, then he's not going to be able to keep you from laying hold upon the goodness 
that God has already prearranged from you, for you. So notice once again, David said that he would have fainted if he had not believed. And here fainted means to begin to waver. And the Bible tells us in the book of James chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. The person that wavers cannot expect to receive anything from God. Now, I don't believe it's, it's God being mean, but God's not going to violate his own word. I mean, if, if God was just going to bless everybody that wavers, then why even print the Bible? Why even teach on faith? If he's just going to do it, regardless of your attitude or the lifestyle or, 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 or how you conduct yourself in adversity, if he's just going to do it anyway, then why, why, why did he say the just shall live by faith? And he's not going to violate his own word. Amen. You don't do your children that way. You know, you, you expect certain things. And if they don't do it, do you go and bless them anyway? And just keep on blessing them anyway? Well, you might a time or two, you know, but, uh, you know, after a while, you realize you've made a big mistake by not keeping your word to them. You know, I traveled so much when my children were growing up, and, and of course, they'd get in trouble at home, and Carolyn said, I'm going to tell your daddy when he get home, when he gets home. And so, you know, Carolyn said, you need to correct the children. They did thus and so. And I'd say, girls, go get the belt. Oh. And I'd say, get that felt one, you know, that, that don't. You know, don't get that leather one. Get that felt one, but don't tell mama. And I said, y'all holler when I spank you, okay? Wham, wham. It didn't hurt at all. It's like hitting them with a feather. They'd come out there with tears in their eyes. Don't do that again, girls. I knew that would bring a response from you. Yes, Carolyn said, sometimes I hit the pillow instead of them. (laughs) But there came a time when I realized I am not helping these kids at all. This is not right. You know, they're going to just keep on doing things that are, that are not right and think they can get away with it. Well, it's not that God's mean. The people that he loves, he chastens. Amen. Amen. Did your daddy love you? <laughs> I found out my daddy loved me. My dad, my dad had huge arms. He was broad-chested when he was a young man. He had to roll his sleeves up. He had to cut his sleeves and roll them up because his biceps were so big. He convinced me when I was a little boy that that picture on the Arm and Hammer soda box was his arm. (laughs) (laughs) And and he loved me. Spare the rod, spoil the child, no, hate the child. Amen. 
spoiled. I don't know where that came in there, but it's true too, you know. Yes. But Amen. the Bible says you spare the rod, you hate the child. That's right. Well, my daddy loved me. <laughs> and your heavenly father loves you. Yes. He's not going to beat you with a rod, but he'll take his word and convict you with it. Yes. And sometimes that's worse than a rod. <laughs> Amen. You know, when I was working with Brother Copeland, I first went to work with Brother Copeland back there in 1970, 71, somewhere along there. And I'd mess up, you know, doing something, you know, not sin, but just mess up, you know, and doing something like he was a stickler for not being late. Don't you ever make Kenneth Copeland late. He learned that from old Roberts. And, uh, you know, he was, he was just... I mean, he, he was, he, well, trust me. <laughs> and we were up in uh, Omaha, Nebraska one time. And I, part of my job was to set up the room for the meeting. I'd set up the sound system, set up the chairs, uh, the podium, get everything ready, and then go back and get him at the hotel and bring him there and make sure he's on time. Because if he said we're going to have a service at 10 a.m., don't bring him in that building at 10.05. That could cost you your job. You just told, you had, you made him tell a five-minute lie. And boy, he ingrained that in me, you know. And so I got over to the auditorium, and we'd already been there for like two or three nights. And I got over there that morning just to make sure everything's arranged and set up. And our sound system was gone, and all the chairs were out of the building. I looked at my watch, and it's a quarter till 10. I thought, where's all our chairs? Where's the sound system? And I went to looking at that in that hotel for the management, and they told me, well, we thought you guys were through. We put everything away. It's in storage. And I'm thinking, what do I do? Do I go get him and make sure he's on time, and there's no chairs, no sound system? Or do I go get the chairs? Find somebody to help me get the sound system, even at the expense of making him late? Well, I chose the latter. So when I got back to the hotel where we were staying, he was standing in the street <laughs> with his pocket watch in his hand like this, looking down the street in the direction that I was supposed to be coming. with those piercing eyes. I could see them eyes piercing for a mile. And when I got up there, didn't say a word, just... I'd have rather him slap me about five times. Didn't say a word. Silence is golden? No, it's not. <laughs> he didn't say a word. I got him on that meeting. He got up there and he went to preaching. And when the service was over, oh, he chewed on me on the way back. Don't you ever again make me late. That's the best way for you to lose your job. Make me late. Boy, I felt like a dog, you know. And he never even asked me. Why I made him late? I just got rebuked. But I realized he loved me. 
he wouldn't allow that to happen again because he knew that if I began to develop a lifestyle of, you know, making excuses and doing this and that, that I'm never going to tap into God's best. I got back to my room and, and I'm, I'm, I'm realized what he was doing. And then when the meeting was over that night, he called me to his room and he said, I need to apologize to you. I said, for what? He said, well, I jumped on you about making me late and I didn't even bother asking why. He said, and knowing you, I know you had a legitimate excuse. So why was I late? So I told him. He said, well, don't let it ever happen again. (laughs) Amen. Now, see, I could have. You have to understand, and the thought occurred. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. The thought occurred. Wait a minute. I own my own business before I came here. You're not going to treat me like a kid. You get home the best way you can. <laughs> Set up your own meeting room. I'm done. See, if I'd have got mad and yielded to my flesh, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be where I am today. Amen. So God's not going to violate his word just to make you happy. So you don't have your feelings hurt. And you better be glad that he won't violate his word. Because he also says in his word, resist the devil and he will flee. Now you want him to violate that? No, you want him to see to it that if you resist the devil, God keeps his word and makes him flee. Can you say amen? amen. So, I think you ought to give the Lord a shout that he's a, he's a God of integrity, praise God. Amen. So it's not, it's not God withholding from us. It's not God keeping good things from us. God is good and he doeth good. Get that down in your spirit. God is good and he doeth good. But once again, our responsibility is stay in faith. Keep our eyes on him and stay in faith. Keep telling yourself something good is on the other side of this adversity. Say it with me. Something good. Go ahead and point somewhere out there. Say something good is on the other side of this adversity. And I'm not going to quit. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. The message translation says, so don't throw it all away now. You need to stick it out so you'll be there for the promised completion. Don't throw it all away now. And I, 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 can't, uh, I can't figure out people that have stood for weeks and even months and then finally get to the place where they... Quit. Look at all that wasted energy. No, why don't you determine you're going to wait for the promised completion? What is the promised completion? Goodness shows up. That's what he's promised. Goodness is on the other side of this. Wait for the promised completion. Amen. 
God's not going to let you fail. He's not going to allow the adversary to defeat you if you stay in faith and keep your eyes on him. Can you say amen? amen. Now, Psalm 107 says, and, and I, I want to uh, say this just before I give you that verse. One of the ways that you stay in faith that the Bible teaches is to stay in praise and worship. To keep offering God thanksgiving and praise. Psalm 107 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Now, this is not referring to just after He does something. You should be praising Him after He does something. But it's also referring to praising Him before you see it happen. Isn't He good all the time? Not just when He does something good. He's good all the time. God is good and He doeth good. So He's encouraging us to praise God when it happens. And praise God while you're waiting for it to happen. And then praise Him again after that happens. And then praise Him again while you're waiting for the next thing to happen. And praise Him when it does. And then start the cycle all over again. Just never stop praising God. Never stop praising God. For what? His goodness. Verse 8 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. So what are we to praise God for? Because He's good and for His goodness. Praise God that He's good. And praise God for His goodness. That's one of the ways you stay in faith. Amen. Amen. Stay in faith. Not only for the good things that God's already done. But praise God. One of the greatest expressions of faith is when you can praise God while you're waiting for something good to happen. Amen. A number of years ago, I was in... um, Liberty, Texas. And I had a supernatural visitation of the Lord, 1992, in my hotel room. And in that visitation, the Lord said, most of my people, he said, my people know me as Savior. Many of them know me as baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Some of them know me as healer. Some of them know me as deliverer. He said, but they don't all know me as the God of the breakthrough. If they did, then they wouldn't be so quick to give up. And he said, tell them that the God of the breakthrough wants to visit their house. And so that night I went over to that church and preached that. And boy, did we ever have a Holy Ghost meeting. And then the Lord instructed me to preach on the God of the breakthrough will visit your house everywhere I went during that year. I wrote a book about it, a series of messages on it. And uh, it's still touching lives all over the world. But then he also said this in that visitation. He said, tell them that the depth of their praise will determine the magnitude of their breakthrough. The depth of their praise will determine the magnitude of their breakthrough. In other words, just how big a breakthrough do you need? Just how big a breakthrough do you need? 
the depth of your praise will determine the magnitude of your breakthrough. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we call ourselves praising God with hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. There wasn't a whole lot of depth to that. Glory, glory. And sometimes even Cassie's up here endeavoring to get us to praise God. You look around and dear God looked like people ate lemons before they came to service. And I think a lot of times the reason being is because they come to church with more on their mind, their problem than the answer to the problem. Amen. So the depth of your praise and, and where it really counts is not in church at home. It counts in here, but it counts more at home. Does anybody in your family know you're a praiser? (laughs) Has anybody in your family ever heard you praise God? Has your wife ever said, children, daddy's in there praising God. Uh, Mama's in there praising God. Carolyn used to keep the girls quiet when they travel with us and especially in the days when we could only afford one room, you know, and all four of us in there and I'm preparing for the service and, and they all knew I'm studying and then before the service, uh, an hour before the service, I prayed in the spirit for an hour and, and, and praised God and Carolyn would try to keep the girls quiet or she'd take them outside, walk around the hotel or something, you know. And then sometimes they just, I, I like to walk when I'm praying. And I'd just walk in that room, all around that room, you know, walk as far as I could go and make a circle. And I'm just walking and, and the girls would be right behind me, just praying in tongues, you know, look like a, an old hen with some chicks, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, but they were real quiet. Amen. But they could see the results from it. After the service, they'd, they'd say, when we got back to the room, Daddy, let us feel your hands. They're always hot after you preach and pray for people. They could see the results of it. So does anybody else in your family besides you know you're a praiser? <laughs> the depth of your praise will determine the magnitude of your breakthrough. Just ask yourself, how big a breakthrough do I need? Well, then just go for it, praise God. Amen. Go for it. Go for praising God and don't be concerned about what anybody else thinks. It's your breakthrough, not theirs. It's your breakthrough. Amen. Sometimes when I'm flying overseas, I'm reading the word and I get excited and I forget I'm not on my airplane, I'm on a commercial airplane and I go to kicking the bulkhead and shouting. And I'm thinking, oh, I forgot. Amen. I, I, I had the Lord say to me one time flying to Tanzania that this economy that is taking place in the nation right now will not affect your ministry. 
just shouted out loud, it's not going to affect me. And the guy next to me said, what, what, what? He thought we were going down. I said, I'm sorry, sir. I forgot where I was. He said, where'd you think you were? I said, I thought I was in my airplane. I'm, I, I apologize. He said, well, what's not going to affect you? I said, this bad economy. He said, well, why do you say that? I said, well, I have a covenant with God. Well, is it going to affect any Christian? I said, well, it will. Those that don't know their covenant. He perished for a lack of knowledge. He said, well, what makes you better than them? I said, I'm not any better than them. I just know some things that some Christians don't know. And he got mad at me. Took his newspaper and said, whatever. <laughs> we're, we're flying for 11 hours. He didn't say another word to me for 11 hours. <laughs> and when we landed, he, he, he got up and got his stuff and looked back at me with this hateful look, you know. And, and, uh, and I got off the plane and my people over there in Tanzania picked me up. We went to the hotel. And the next morning, uh, our crew was already there. A lot of our crew was already there. And, and Terry said, uh, Daddy, you want to go to the office up here with me to check our emails? I said, yeah, I'll go with you. So she's up there, and I'm standing behind her looking over the computer. And it got a, 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 one of the first emails that came was from our accountant and said, uh, Terry, I know you and the team are having a great time over there with your dad. Please tell your dad that we received a check today that's the largest check we've received this year. I just wanted to find that guy. Oh, I wanted to find him and say, whatever. <laughs> Amen. Ah, that would have been ugly. But it felt good at the moment to want to be ugly. Amen. So praise him. The magnitude, of, uh, the depth of your praise will determine the magnitude of your breakthrough. Can you say amen? To refuse to offer thanksgiving and praise in advance is to open the door to discouragement. And eventually, you'll begin to waver in your faith. Amen. And the Bible says the person that wavers can't expect to receive anything from God. Now, Psalm 67, go there with me real quick. Psalm 67, verse 3. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then, look at verse 6, the first word, then. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear and reverence him. So notice, the praise precedes the then. Notice nothing happens until after praise. Did you see that? Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then here's what they can expect. Supernatural increase. Breakthrough. Hallelujah. I've heard people say, well, Brother Jerry, I have a praise in my heart, but it just won't come out my mouth. Nay, done taken up line. Because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you got any praise in your heart, you're not having a problem with it coming out. You're having a problem shutting it off sometimes. Amen. 
Let all the people praise thee. Then, let all the people in Heritage of Faith Church praise thee. Then their breakthrough will happen. Then their increase will happen. Then, praise God, what they've been believing for will manifest. Hallelujah. Let all the people at Heritage of Faith and let all the people watching this broadcast praise the Lord and then something major will take place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give him your best shout this morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Be seated again for a moment. Psalm 23, verse 6, you know it. You learned it as a kid in Sunday school. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now notice in Psalm 21, it precedes us. Now Psalm 23 says, and it follows us. It's waiting for me and it's following me. Hallelujah. So the goodness of God is surrounding us. Hallelujah. All we have to do is our part. God's already done his part. He's got the goodness waiting for us. Can you say amen? Now I'll close it with this. While Carol and I were in um, Hawaii on our vacation, we left here on December the 25th, Christmas Day. And uh, we arrived that afternoon. And uh, it was, the weather was not that beautiful when we got there. And the next day, it rained the entire day, all day. And we just enjoyed sitting in our room and reading and just relaxing and resting. So it didn't rain on our parade, but it was nasty weather outside. And uh, so it, but it also prevented me from doing my walk that I do every morning. I get up between 5.30 and 6 o'clock and I have this path that I've walked for 40 years now. And, uh, and it's a few miles, takes me a, uh, usually a, an hour or so to, to cover it. And, uh, but I, I missed that opportunity. I was looking forward to getting up early that morning and going for my walk. And it's when I, uh, I'm just meditating and, uh, thinking about, uh, the Lord and, and, and also it's my time to listen to what he would say to me. And as soon as I get back to the room, uh, Carolyn's ready to go have breakfast and I write down what I heard in my notebook. And on the 28th of December, the 28th of December, I was impressed to the Lord with this. He said, you tell believers everywhere you preach this year that I want them to have on their lips and make it a part of their prayer. Show me thy glory. Have it on your lips and make it a vital part of your prayer every day. Show me your glory. Now, we've studied this in the past about the glory. And if you read Exodus 33 and Exodus 34, the glory is a manifestation of the presence of God, the power of God, and the goodness of God. Amen. So what are you asking for when you say, show me your glory? You're asking God to manifest his presence, his power, and his goodness. Now, would you agree with me that a manifestation of God's presence, power, and goodness 
would be the answer to any problem, test, or trial you're going through. If the presence of God, the power of God, or the goodness of God, any one or all three would manifest, it would solve your problem. And I thought it was interesting. He said, have them, tell them to have this on their lips and in their prayers every day this year. My immediate thought was, well, Lord, why would we want to pray, show me your glory every day? That's a little bit contrary to believe I receive when I pray. Why would I need to pray that every day? And then he reminded me of Psalm 68. He daily loadeth us with benefits. Yes, sir. Amen. I'm I'm saying show me your glory today. But then again, I need it tomorrow. And I'll need it the next day. He wants to daily do this for us. So I want to encourage you. Write this down if you haven't already. Keep on your lips... When I got up this morning, the first thing I said was, show me your glory. Make it a vital part of your prayer. Show me your glory. Hallelujah. I'm having our art department to make up some little bookmarks for all of our staff to have this on their desk and carry it around with them. Show me your glory. In other words, if your presence, your power, and your goodness manifest in my life on a daily basis, it will answer every problem, every trial, every adversity that I'm going through. Amen. Now, the more persistent you are with this, the quicker the results. Amen. Amen. Now see, I, I noticed, even after the Lord said this to me on December the 28th, I noticed I went a couple of days without doing it. And I, I wasn't even conscious of it. I just, you know, got caught up in the moment and, and I realized I hadn't, did, I hadn't done this the last couple of days. So it can happen to anybody. You can get inspired in a service. I'm going to do that. And then forget all about it by morning. Amen. So that's the reason I encourage you to write it down. Keep it in front of you. Every day, on your lips, in your prayer, show me your glory. I believe, praise God, we're going to have some of the outstandingest testimonies this year that we have ever had in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Yesterday, uh, Carolyn and I had lunch with Richard Lindsay Roberts, and, and after the uh, lunch, we went over to an antique store and just walked around for a while. And I found in there, somebody had made this. An, an artist had, had made several drawings and so forth. And I'm walking around there, and I saw this, and I bought it. And it was a, a, a big, huge plaque in beautiful lettering, kind of like this lettering right here with the glory flourishing and abounding. Beautiful lettering. This house is filled with his glory. I said, that, somebody made that for me. Hallelujah. They were thinking about me. This house is filled 
with his glory. Praise God. His presence, his power, and his goodness. And I'm declaring that over this house. And I'm declaring that over your house. That it's filled with his glory. Give the Lord a good shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet. Praise God. Hallelujah.